All right, welcome everybody. Happy, happy anniversary, good grief. He was just talking about anniversary. Happy Thanksgiving. So glad that you are here, and I hope you have much to be thankful for. Would you take your Bibles, turn to Ezra chapter 3. Ezra chapter 3. I'm going to preach you a message that I've entitled, Gratitude in Rebuilding. Gratitude in Rebuilding. Ezra chapter 3. I have no doubt in my mind that sometime during this weekend, you are going to be asked the question, what are you thankful for? It's not such a bad question. I think it's something that you ought to be asking yourself more than once a year. I think it's something you ought to be asking yourself uh, multiple times. And uh, most of us will give answers like our family, uh, country of Canada, our jobs, our health. I mean, the list could really go on and on of things that we could be thankful for. And all of those things are wonderful, and all those things are great, um, and those are things that we should be thankful for. We should be thankful for our health. We should be thankful for the country that we live in. We should be thankful for our family. We should be thankful for our friends. We should be thankful for our salvation. There's all kinds of things that we should be thankful for, but let me ask you this question. What if there's more? What if there's more? We, then the song said, if I began to list some of the things that I was thankful for, I, I could go until I die and there'd still be many more. And it's so true. There's so many things we ought to be thankful for. But normally when we're asked this question, we give what, what I would call the pat answer. And I'm not trying to say those things are not something we should be thankful for, but I think sometimes we need to dig a little deeper into our thankfulness and dig a little bit deeper into what it is that we ought to be thankful for. Thankfulness and gratitude go much deeper than just the blessings that we receive. I want you to think about that again. Thankfulness and gratitude go much deeper than just the blessings that we receive. Gratitude should come from every single part of our lives. Gratitude should come from every single part of our lives. Let me illustrate with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. The Bible says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks. Is there any doubt that in everything we ought to give thanks? In every single area of our life, we ought to be giving thanks to God. Zig Ziglar, some of you might know that name, said this. Gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have the more likely you will have even more to express gratitude for. I love that. And I think it's so, so important because when we begin to have, as Pastor Levi already mentioned, an attitude of gratitude, you will begin to develop more of an attitude of gratitude and you will find more things to be thankful for and you will find more things to be grateful for. When you start developing that attitude, you will begin to see blessings in everything. That's what I love about this verse of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. In everything, give thanks. Why? Because in everything, you'll be able to see the blessings in every part of your life. In every part. You'll begin to see much more to be thankful for. Let me, if you're, again, if you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. Gratitude is a matter of perspective. 
Gratitude is a matter of perspective. It's literally the difference between one word in a sentence. Let me say that again. It's literally the difference between one word in a sentence. I'll give you an illustration. A couple of Saturdays ago, my wife and another lady had set up this date that we were all, as two families, we were going to go to Clovermead and spend a good deal of a couple hours there and just have some fun and, and get to know this other couple better. And we were going to have a great time. The kids were excited about going and there's all kinds of fun things to do at Clovermead. And so they were really excited. Well, it just so happened that Beth had something come up that she had to take care of. And so she was not able to attend. And so the... Uh, other lady of the family of the other family decided that well since Beth isn't going then she wasn't going to go and so she ended up having some things that she could get done as well and so uh, they were both gone but the kids were still really excited about it and they didn't want to disappoint the kids at all so guess what there was a daddy date me and this other guy we take the kids to clover meat and we have a good time it became what i like to call a daddy daycare <laughs> now i want you to listen to the difference in these two sentences i had to watch my kids for two hours i had to watch my kids for two hours or i got to watch my kids for two hours do you see the difference one simple word difference changes your perspective on something. Listen, I am of the latter. I don't have to watch my kids. I get to watch my kids. I love my kids. I love spending time with them. I love taking them to Clovermead. I love encouraging them to do crazy things. It's so much fun. They have a slide there and you get a, a, a really a potato sack is what it is. And you slide down the slide on a potato uh, sack. And my kids were going down head first and feet, you know, backwards and sideways and all kinds of different things. And then I started pushing them down. It was so much fun. We had a blast. I didn't have to watch my kids. My perspective is this. I get to watch my children for two hours. That is so much fun to me. You see, the difference is perspective it's only one word difference in the whole thing but it's a different perspective let me give you a few more illustration today it's not doing this but if it was raining outside some of you would say why does it have to rain others could say man i am thankful for the rain rain brings about you know, April showers bring May flowers. It, it helps things grow. We need the rain. How about this one? You guys are going to love this one. It was snowing outside. Oh, I hate snow. Or that snow is so beautiful. Right? That's two different perspectives. You can either hate winter or you can embrace it because you're going to live in it for four or five months out of the year and just go, wow, look how beautiful it is outside. Yes, does that mean you have to dress up more? 100% you're going to have to put more clothes on. Yes, you're going to have to buy spikes to put in your shoes so that you don't slip and fall. I, I've seen the canes. I love it. The canes with spikes in the bottom. I'm like, that's brilliant. Just like an extra leg, those are wonderful things. The snow is beautiful. How about this one? COVID-19 has disrupted our lives. Or COVID-19 has shaken us up a little bit. Different perspective, isn't it? 
Man, I, I wrote an email to the church. I don't know how many of you got it this week, but I wrote an email saying, I am thankful for what COVID-19 has done in my life. It has shaken me up a little bit. It has gotten me out of my comfort zone. It has made me see things from a different perspective. You've heard the saying, the glass is half empty, or is the glass half full? Well, some of you would say, well, the glass is half empty, and I want more. I want my glass full. Or others of you would say, I am thankful for what I have. I'm thankful that the glass is half full. You see, it's, a, it's all about perspective, and gratitude is a matter of perspective. So let's take a look at the perspective that these Jews have. Ezra chapter 3, we finished off in verse 6 of last week. We're going to actually skip verse 7 just because there's not a whole lot in there. But you can read it on your own time. We're going to check verse 8. The Bible says this, Now in the second year of their coming into the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month began Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and Jeshua the son of Jozadak and the remnant of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all they that were come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. All of that to say, hey, a couple guys stand up and say, let's get to work. Here we go, let's go, let's start putting this thing together. Verse 9, then stood Jeshua with his sons and his brethren, Cadmiel and his sons and the sons of Judah together to set forward the workmen in the house of God, the sons of Hanadad, with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. So now they're starting to make people do the work. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. Verse 11. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Gratitude in rebuilding. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be here this morning. Father, we have literally a lifetime of thanksgiving. Every single moment of every single day, we could thank you for something new because of the great and many blessings you provided for us. But Father, help us as we look at rebuilding our lives, help us to have gratitude Help us to show it to you. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins that we could have a relationship with you in which we show you that gratitude. Father, I pray you convict us and challenge us today to have an attitude of gratitude. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. The Jews that were building the temple of God here are now praising God and giving thanks to him. They were so thankful for all the blessings that had been given them. They were so thankful for what God had done in their lives. And I think it's pretty easy to see a few things in this passage that will allow us to have gratitude. We can apply them to our lives. So I want to show you three times in our lives that we should be thankful. Three times in our lives that we should be thankful, especially during rebuilding especially when we're looking at our lives and our relationship to God and trying to grow closer to God and trying to rebuild our lives upon Him. The first thing that I want you to see this morning is that we can be thankful in feats. Feats. 
No, 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 no. Not feats in accomplishments. In accomplishments. Look at what they were thankful for. Look again at verse 10 and 11. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord... They set priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course and praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord. Here it is, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Woohoo! The foundation's laid. Woohoo! It's so exciting. Everything's going according to plan. I mean, look at what we have accomplished. We have accomplished something spectacular. The foundation is done. It's exciting. Things were beginning to come together. The foundation was built. It was a big milestone in rebuilding of the temple. I want you to understand. Listen, foundations are important. It's upon which a foundation and upon which you rebuild every part of your life. Listen, if you will, think about it as if when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that was the foundation. Listen, you know how excited you get? You know how excited I still get about the day that I got saved? Listen, that was the beginning of something spectacular in my life, and that was the foundation upon which I would build. Every one of us are thankful for big accomplishments in our lives. Listen, if you're not thankful for big accomplishments in your life, there may be something wrong with you. We might need to go to a doctor or something and figure out exactly what's going on. Listen, everyone should be thankful for big accomplishments in their lives. And this is also the time that we often begin thanking other people in our lives. Let me illustrate this. Kindergarten graduation. I would like to thank my mom for birthing me. I would like to thank my mom for dropping me off at school every single day. Kindergarten graduation is a wonderful time to begin thanking people and giving thanks for the accomplishments that you've had in the five or six years of your life. High school graduation comes along. And you, as the valedictorian, get up and you give your valedictorian address. And you begin to thank your parents, you begin to thank your teachers, you begin to thank the principal, you begin to thank your friends, you begin to thank people around you, how wonderful they've allowed you to, and wonderful accomplishments they've helped you achieve. College graduation, you get married, have your first child, listen, all those things, you win the Nobel Prize. All those things, I mean, listen, you are thankful in great accomplishments. Most people are. My, uh, my wife's cousin once said to me, why do we wait until big events to be thankful? Why do we wait for big accomplishments to be thankful? Because it's so natural. It's so natural to be thankful because we look around and we see everything that's uh, acclimated up until this point and we, we become thankful. We're emotionally charged. We're, we're very thankful. We should all be thankful for the ability to be able to accomplish something in our lives. We should also be thankful for those who helped us get there. I think sometimes later on in our lives, as we look back on them, we become less and less thankful because those, those big events of our lives just kind of go away, don't they? 
Man, kindergarten graduation. How many of you can remember your kindergarten graduation? That was way too long ago. I remember mine. I got, we got, this is like totally side note. This is not in my notes at all. <laughs> Every year, my teacher would hand out um, characteristics of her students. Johnny Yeomans stood up and she said, I gave Johnny the over-exuberant award. Not much has changed, has it? And I, I remember, I remember this vividly. I remember everyone laughing. I'm four years old, five years old. I have no idea what over-exuberant even means. I looked at my parents and they're laughing and I said, I don't know, but I, I should laugh too. And then they explained it to me. I said, I don't know if that's a compliment. Most of us don't remember necessarily our high school graduation. Those things are kind of passing. We buy our first home. We, we, we you know, get married. You know, all these things are kind of just dwindling, and so we forget. But listen, you have gotten to this point in your life not by yourself, but by the help of many other people. If you have a spouse today, they have helped you get to where you are. If you have children today, they have helped you get to where you are. If you have parents today, you have, they have helped you get to where you are. Listen, there's all kinds of friends and family that have come along and encouraged you. I hope your church family has encouraged you. People have come around you. We should be thankful during our feats, for our feats, but also for the people who helped us get there. What did these Jews have to be thankful for? Well, they had to be thankful for everyone's involvement in the building process. There, there wasn't just one person doing all the building. There was many, many people that were helping in this building process. They had to be thankful the many people that gave free will offering, the many people that gave uh, riches and supplies for them to even get to Jerusalem. If you'll notice again in verse 11 at the, end, or at the beginning there, Again, praising and giving thanks to the Lord because he is good for his mercy endureth forever. You see, they realized that this was because of God. You know, God had stirred their hearts. God had given them a passion to do something for him. And so they began to thank and praise God because he is good and his mercy endureth forever. And he helped them get to this stage in their life. Let me ask you a question. What have you accomplished in your life? Maybe you feel like, man, I haven't accomplished much. Listen, you've accomplished something in your life. We live in a great country. Listen, that's an accomplishment. Listen, and there are many people to be thanked for that. Our military can be thanked for that. Some of our politicians can be thanked for that. Some. I use my word very carefully. You might have a great family. There's many to be thankful for that. There's much to be thankful for there. You might have a great job, a wonderful house, a beautiful car, a growing, thriving relationship with God. Listen, there are all kinds of feats that we can be thankful for, and we ought to be. And so today and tomorrow, as you look at being thankful, I want you to think and maybe write down some feats that God has done in your life or that you've been able to accomplish in your life in the last five to ten years, and I want you to be thankful for them. But number two, I want you to see we can be thankful for our future. Our future. 
You say, Pastor Yeomans, what do you mean our future? Well, I don't think it's too difficult to realize that it's because of these feats that we've written down in the last five to ten years that we can be thankful for our future. These Jews could see into the future. They could see, they could maybe uh, picture the blueprints. Maybe they could see what was going on because they had laid the foundation and they were extremely excited, not because of the, mainly the feat that happened, but because of what that feat meant. Laying of the foundation, the accomplishment of laying the foundation meant that they could now build upon that foundation. Listen, if you never graduated kindergarten, you would never graduate high school. You can build upon that. If you never graduated high school, you're probably not going to graduate college. Those things build upon one another and they help you look forward. These feats, this accomplishment of laying the foundation was literally laying the foundation for their future with God. Literally. Because of the foundation that were being laid, they had hope that their future would be different from their past. Let me say that again. Because of the foundation that was laid, they had hope that their future would be different from their past. Listen, that was one of the greatest things I love about Christianity is that my future is far different than my past. My future is far different from my past. It's not really that hard to think about, but the accomplishments that we have in our lives right now help us to have an extremely prosperous future. The future of our lives has a very good outlook because of the foundations that we have laid. If we will build upon them, if we will continue to build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, we can have an extremely blessed future. And we can be thankful for this. Our future on this earth is not necessarily guaranteed, but we can always be excited about opportunities. Again, COVID-19 kind of disrupted everything, didn't it? But I'm going to be honest with you, there was a time during all this that I got excited. I got excited not about the problems that were going on, not about the people that were dying and all the struggles that were happening because this. I didn't get excited about that. I got excited about the opportunities. I got excited about what God could do in the midst of a pandemic because, listen, we had laid some foundation of trusting in God up until this point. And listen, when you practice that faith and then God brings something bigger along and your muscles are flexed, your faith muscles are being flexed over and over and over again, this is just another time to flex that faith muscle in God. Excited. Let me ask you this very simply. What are some opportunities that you have in the future? What are some opportunities that you have in the future because of a wonderful accomplishments that you've come, how can you be thankful for these opportunities? Are you thankful for the opportunities that are placed in front of you on a daily basis? I've had the opportunity to speak to a couple of my neighbors recently. They were in hard times. And I remember coming in after those conversations and they were not fun conversations, but just being thankful for the opportunity that God had given me because we had laid a foundation. When we moved in there and we 
continued in there. We had had some accomplishments. Listen, because of the accomplishment of buying our first home, we had an awesome opportunity to talk with our neighbors. Listen, there's so many future opportunities. Are you thankful for them? Maybe it's time we thank God for the opportunities that we have before us and start viewing them as opportunities instead of struggles. That was pretty simple, but we've seen feats, future, and number three, I really want to spend some time on this one, failure. Failure. We need to have gratitude in failure. You say, failures? How in the world can I be thankful for failures? I want you to see Ezra chapter 3, and again, look with me in verse 11. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests, oh, I'm reading verse 10, verse 11, and they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord. Watch this. Because he is good for his, read the next word with me, mercy. For his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. I want you to understand what the term mercy is. Most of you probably already know this. Mercy means not getting what you deserve. Not getting what you deserve. You see, these people are excited. They're thankful. They are amazed by Almighty God and the mercy that he has shown them. It is because of their failure for the last 40 to 50 years, that they got to experience the mercy of God. Now, I'm not suggesting that you fail over and over and over and over and over and and purposefully fail so that you can experience the mercy of God on a daily basis. What shall we say to these things? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Don't just sin just so God's mercy can be continually used. But the children of Israel had failed. They had failed in keeping up the house of God. They had failed in maintaining their relationship with God. They had failed in so many ways. I want you to understand this. Our failures help us grow. Our failures help us grow. We often learn more from our failures than we do our successes. We, I hope you understand that. If you haven't understood that in your life to this point, I want you to understand that today. We learn more from our failures than we often do from our successes. Tony Robbins, a, a, a writer, an author, said it this way. All greatness starts with failure. When people succeed, they tend to party. But when they fail, they tend to ponder. I love that. Man, we get excited and we do wonderful accomplishments and we get excited about what God is doing and has done in our lives. We get excited about that and we party about that. We have all kinds of different things that we do in order, especially here in our church, to party. And we have a good time and we celebrate accomplishments. But listen, it's in our failures that we sit down with our hands in our head, our head in our hands, I should say. We think, 
what did I do wrong? How did I mess up? How did I not accomplish what I was going to accomplish? Did I put in enough work? Did I pray enough? Did, did I seek the mind of God on this thing? And we begin to ponder these things. Gratitude in failure is a perspective that helps us learn from our lives, our failures, excuse me. Gratitude in failure is this perspective that help us, helps us learn from our failures. Again, these Jews were not all that successful in their lives. They were not, as some of you may know, they were not all that in a bag of chips. They just weren't. These were not a set of Jews that we would hold in high regard. These are not a set of Jews that you go, man, I want to be just like them. Listen, they had failed, and they had failed, and they had failed for many years. But in God's mercy, God stirred up their hearts. By the mercy of God, they were able to move past their failure, and they were beginning to accomplish something great for the cause of Christ. Without their failure, they would not be in this position. They would not be in the position of celebrating the foundation. They would not be in the position of being excited about what the future held for them. You know, sometimes in our lives we think about the next generation and how good they have it and how unthankful they are for how good they have it because they didn't have to work for it. Listen, when you fail, you have to re evaluate your life and you have to rethink it and you have to work harder and it puts that much more value to it. I love that my parents made me work for things. My parents made me pay my own car insurance. What a bunch of horrible people, right? Terrible. How dare they make me pay for my own car insurance, make me pay for gas, make me pay to maintain the car. How dare they do that? Listen, my first car, you probably already know this, was an 86 F-150. It was a piece of junk. But you know what? I took care of that thing because I had money invested in it. Listen, sometimes you need to pay for something. Sometimes you need to have a breakdown on the side of the road and have your brother push you out. Take it home and reevaluate it. Get working again without failure. They would not be in this position. Listen, every single one of us has failed. Every single one of us has messed up. Every single one of us has thought there is no way that we can rebound from this. We have gone too far this time. But an attitude of gratitude. But an attitude of gratitude will help you be thankful for your failures. It will help you be thankful for the hard times. Attitude of gratitude. You might be in a time of your life right now where you just feel like a failure. You might feel like a failure as a parent, as a man, as a lady, maybe as a Christian, maybe even as a human being. You just feel worthless. I encourage you this morning, don't let that failure keep you down. Don't let that failure keep you down. God has a reason for every single person listening today. God has a reason for you. And listen, he may have allowed you to fail, but he's done it 
for a reason. Find out what the reason is and be thankful for your failures. I want to give you a very difficult and personal illustration, and I'll close. A couple of years ago, Beth and I went through a very difficult time of our lives. Probably one of the most difficult things that we've ever had to go to go through. I remember literally thinking, I have failed. I have failed God. I have failed my wife. I have failed my family. I felt like I had literally just wasted years of my life. Both of us were pretty low. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to turn. But I remember one day in particular, we were staying at my in-law's place, basement apartment that they had. We were in the bedroom. I was laying on the bed, and I remember looking at the ceiling. And I remember sitting there thinking, what in the world are we going to do? I was just talking to God, apologizing to him for having failed him. And as I lay there, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 entered my mind. In everything, give thanks. I remember literally asking God, how in the world can I give thanks in this situation? I see nothing good here. I began to mull that over in my mind and ask God, in everything give thanks, how can I give thanks? I remember just staring at the ceiling, there's pot lights. I remember looking at the pot lights and into my head popped this thought. You can give thanks in this situation, even though you have failed, because I just want to be closer to you. It's like God spoke to me and said, I am almighty God, and I have allowed you to fail so that you will see who you are and you will see who I am. You see, in my weakness, I began to see my need of God. In my failure, God became bigger. The almighty God of the universe wanted to be closer to me. I thought I had everything under control. I thought I was in control of my own destiny. I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. It was in my failure again that I saw who I really was and I saw who God wanted me to be. You see, I needed to fail so that I could succeed. Seems oxymoronish, doesn't it? But God never does things the way that we think he should. And so sometimes you might fail in your life, but sometimes you need to be thankful for your failures. I can honestly say this. I look back to that time, and I am ever so thankful for what God put me through, for my failure. Because I began to see how 
and what God was going to do in my life. Me be thankful for your failures. I want you just to take a moment and look at these three events in our lives from one more angle, and I'll be finished here. We've all failed God, every single one of us. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because, excuse me, because of our sin, God sent his only begotten son into the world. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you will, he accomplished something that no one else could accomplish. He accomplished a feat that no one else in the world could ever accomplish. He was atoning for the sin of the entire world. And because of our failure, and because of his feat, we can be thankful for a future, a future in heaven with him. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He gave us a blessed hope. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you know that someday you're gonna be in heaven with him. Your future is settled. For this, we can be most truly grateful. Be grateful for your failures. Be grateful for the feats in your life, and be grateful for your future. What will you choose to be thankful for today and tomorrow and the next day, every single day of your lives? Let's take time to be thankful. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day and for the opportunity that you've given us. Father, I want to thank you for times that you've allowed us to go through good and bad, to get us to the point where we are today and to have a wonderful future. Help us not to squander the gift that you've given us already, but to invest it in a beautiful future lived for you. Father, I pray as we think about Thanksgiving and how wonderful we have it, help us to be thankful more for more than just the pat answer. Help us to dig a little deeper, look into our lives and see exactly what it is that you've done and help us to be thankful for every single part of it. We pray all these things in your name. I ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed.